Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Neil and Sister Vapor Psychic Hour. 914-338-0164 is the way to get in touch with us. We hope that you do. Here we are. Ah, we do have a chatter. Hi. And we'd love it if you joined us on our social media platform, including X and Facebook, where we have a few pages. I just read the most disturbing petition, by the way, so I'm just uh, upset. Yeah, like I said, the I think it was on the last show, I get these petitions in my inbox, and I just signed one that was very, very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I, I dread it. We're hearing anything, yeah. About what what's happening to our world. Well, what's in, you know, particularly animals, obviously human beings. Um, but, but I laughed because Jennifer, who's in chat, says the show started on time. Is 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 this is the end of days? <laughs> our show usually starts a couple, time. It's relatively speaking. Yeah. Hmm. So again, that call in number nine one four three three eight zero one six four. So clarity, clarity on the chakra system because we had a kind of interesting episode last week. But this is how it works, people. A chakra can appear to a reader to be blocked, or you know there could be murky, a murky appearance, dark in color. It could appear to be not spinning, but that's a perception about the area surrounding the chakra and that that chakra area is affected by the person's actions. But the person, him or herself, cannot affect the chakra system because it is intact and constant, just like the spirit. So this, it's kind of like the spirit is to the chakras as the soul is to the body. The spirit is always constant. The chakra system is always constant. The body is in flux as the soul is in flux. And there was an analogy that you used. Oh, yeah. If you go to the bank, if you have your money in the bank, and then the bank shuts down, and you can't get money, you can't get access to your money, you can't get in the bank, that's analogous to someone who has corrupted his or her life in such a way that the chakras become inaccessible, so they are unable to draw on the energy sources that the chakras are. That's the analogy. So it's like they're on lockdown, the chakras, but they 
still remain present because they're yeah the content of the chakra is forever it's a chakra it's inter- eternal eternal in that regard in the souls in the soul wise so when they say a chakra shut down it, it doesn't mean that the content of the chakra shut down it means that the access to the chakra is no longer available so a person will suffer like we said you know if, if the banks are closed and you don't have money you starve you whatever but but the, but bank the banks inside are still the, the money is still there intact so well, who knows what's happening with the but it's a but it's a it's a very common misconception actually it's a very common misconception somewhat confusing it's somewhat confusing because there's so much about damage chakras and healing chakras and blah 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 the other thing is if a chakra area let's call it a chakra body area is being or it has if a if someone has done something to disrupt themes of certain chakras like the third chakra there other chakras not chakras but other areas of the body can suffer because of it too it doesn't necessarily yeah, mean that related. you're you're gonna you know damage that direct body area that correlates to the specific chakra that's being compromised so you can gets you know sick in in other body chakra related areas actually you know the chakras i mean i don't know if I, I think they originated in india or, they originated in india that's the concept of yeah i got mine yeah i got mine actually had an indian I, store down the street oh no no they grew on the trees <laughs> Well, yeah, but they started like processing them, and so they, you know, now they grew the trees right. and they ate them, and then they became chakras in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gandhi used to have it with a chakra with his tea every morning. Chakras aren't mentioned. Their their definition is wheel or fire. Come here. They're not really that ancient a concept and we've incorporated into our energy field because we've also incorporated yoga and breathing and yeah because before before india before india we did not breathe we didn't breathe we didn't breathe at all we didn't meditate we didn't do anything (laughs) so uh these centers now the idea is, you know, how were they created? Were they a, a human concept that suddenly occurred, or, or were they something that was always there that we discovered through, through some thought process or awareness process? When you when you start to study the history of chakras, you find that there's basically a, a basic premise but there's basically a basic numerous variations as to where they came from how they occurred and how we manifest the chakras in our life they're separate from the soul the soul and the chakras may be part of the hidden attitude of a human being and rather esoteric and definition but they're still separate entities. 
they're separate units. They don't, they don't, they're not the same. And so when we when we talk about we don't even you don't even really need to talk about chakras in terms of uh, the body itself. There's enough discussion we could talk about the body. We could talk about the wholeness of the body or the or the um, obstructions to a certain organ, including the brain. And we don't even have to talk about uh, chakra systems. It's just a word that's further defined by a center of energy. But what it does is it helps us to understand the units of our soul consciousness and how to operate on a higher level. So it's a tool. It's a tool. It's a tool, like, like any useful tool. And, it, and, the, and each chakra serves its purpose, like a saw, a hammer. Each chakra serves its purpose for the specific location now the question would be asked: Why do we need chakras? Because no doctor is going to tell you you need a chakra. You have to get more into functional into, medicine or into acupuncture. Yeah, because they do deal with the chakras in acupuncture. Conversation uh, to understand how do we treat the elements of the soul. Now a priest or a rabbi might suggest how to treat the elements of the soul, but still, that's ill-defined, too, because they'll use words like conduct or faith, attitudes, gifts of the spirit, you know, things like that, the awareness of God, prayer, meditation. But these don't really, you don't need chakras for that. But what purpose does a chakra really serve? Most people don't even consider chakras. They, they don't die. Nothing mm-hmm. happens to them. It's not something we need to know about. But for those that want to center on the attitudes of the of the human condition on a higher level, they're useful tools and they're grandly illustrated in their definition so that we can center ourselves systematically different operations of our life, whether it's the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chakra, that helps to define. But it's really no different than saying, you know, what is the function of the brain? What is the function of the lungs? And any medical person will tell you what the function of the brain, you know, study, do things healthy for your brain. Um, do mental exercises for the lungs, you know, don't smoke. Everybody has their conditions. Well, the chakras have their conditions, too. But the only thing about a chakra, like Kristen was saying, is they don't change. They are, they are constantly in motion. So they don't really change. The idea of a chakra is if you want to get to understand a chakra, then study a chakra. Approach it with some sense of intelligence and purpose. The content won't change. The only thing that will change will be the individual's awareness as to how much or how deep they plug into that chakra. So that's the true definition of that chakra. In some respects, the true definition, working definition. And so we we relate to them. Now, 
question could be asked, why colors? Oh, not, not need colors. I don't know why they need color. I mean, they, the color, I don't, you know, why do they need colors? It's a question I ask myself that I can't answer. And I've studied chakras. The color system somehow relates to, well, why does the world need color? And what is the chemical construction of a color? And do colors communicate? They certainly do. In nature, colors communicate in mating. They communicate in camouflage. They communicate in identifying an animal. You know, isn't it funny that two different birds of two different species won't have anything to do with each other in flight or mating? But boy, how does a bird know another bird that's kind? I mean, did they look in the mirror once and go, okay, I got to find a bird that looks like me? I mean, how do they know? There's sometimes an identifying energy that includes color. It can also include other things, patterns and shapes, and who knows what else. The animal kingdom identifies scent. It may be so many things. We distinguish the chakras by color because it helps to originate the energy of the specific chakra. Why do we color a map? No. Well, I mean, why color a map? Correlated why is to the, the color is yellowish, the, gold, and, you know, and the green forest. I mean, colors. We live by the sense of color. We can live in a black and white world, but it's hard to distinguish the energy source when it's all black and white. Imagine if the world was black and white. How would you know? You might know a rose by a pattern. You, know, you might you you might know. I mean, if you see a dog, how are you gonna know what color they are? How, wow! You know, it's a distinguishing trait. Color distinguishes definition and identification. Also, the surrounding energy of the color. So the chakra systems produce color. Due to, I'm writing in the shot. Due to uh, the attitude of the chakra itself. But the question can be asked, and I'll ask it to you. <laughs> Punishment for typing in the chat. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> Bird does crossword puzzles and Judge Judy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, Judge, that's your favorite show. We have said, to watch all the reruns Judge about Judy 50 times. Said, uh, you know, um, I'll ask Bert a question oh. as soon as he gets done with his crossword, crossword puzzle. puzzle. And that's he pretty funny. Dumb. And they did um, pan to the crossword that he was working on. Yeah. And it was, you know, the third film. Uh, you know, she lets him get away with a lot. That, he, he wasn't invited to a new show, but nonetheless. Well, so, he's uh, like, he was like a federal marshal. I mean, you know, he wasn't just a court bailiff. It's, I mean, he came from a fairly high position. Yeah. yeah. So he probably feels like, look, I'm doing this kind of pee on job. Not that it's a pee on job because I have to manage the court well, in the safe pay, certainly was, Well, it wasn't pee higher. on pay, but it, it was a step down and a step up because of the exposure and the pay. But, okay. you know, so anyway. Why, what's your answer to why, like, the first chakra would be red? Why not brown? Because of hemorrhoids. Yeah. 
Well, keep your personal retirement. <laughs> um, that, that doesn't suggest what the rest of us. Why do you suppose the first chakra will be red, the second yellow? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the second is yellow, why isn't the first brown? Wait, the second it? isn't yellow, it's orange, and the third is yellow. Oh, the third is yellow. The third is yellow. The fourth is green. <laughs> I mean, green. The fifth is blue. Why, why, what, why do you suppose they chose those colors? I mean, if you can't really see a chakra, who in the heck decided what who colors? Just, who did be? decide what the colors of the chakras should be? I mean, where, I guess it evolved with the discovery of the chakra system in Indian culture. So that was when the chakras were colorized, I imagine. You know, I, it could have been because of it, like that might take some investigation as to how the colors originated. Um, when we think of, of the first chakra, the basic chakra, and we think of red, we think of the essence of life, the foundation, blood. Oh, you just answered the question. Well, to some extent, according to, I mean, the the well, idea, like in a way, I was right. You know, the, the spectrum of Emerald. colors also becomes synonymous with the highest color in the universe is uh, purple or white. So that would be the top Come chakra. On. The seven chakras basically um, purple or and or white. So the colors below right that are blue and things like that. So those are higher colors in the spectrum of the color uh, wheel. So the lower chakras are more colorized with body energy color versus, well, I mean, that's not true, though. I mean, people can have bias. But trying to talk through why. Um, well, to some extent, I mean, the colors signify the level of advancement to the, to the absolute content of the human soul. Right, because as they it's, rise, it's, the colors get greener in the... In the in the fourth chakra and you're getting away from the red, the yellow, the orange, then green. And then you're getting, then the upper three chakras are what blue, purple, and white. Yeah. So, or purple, different shades of purple. The top chakra is purple too. Yeah, so it, they they that there's a reason why we have filled a chakra with color. Basically, a chakra. If we were to hold a chakra in our hand, it wouldn't have a color. It's an energy source. We defined it as circular, as a wheel. But that's by human definition. The human definition of a chakra was derived from the idea of there being an energy source in in different sections of our body and that that energy source is derived from a certain content of activity and energy and information. So we developed this idea that the body is, the wholeness of the body is segmented by separate definitions. Well, obviously. I mean, you're not going to get a woman's not going to get pregnant by a man's seventh chakra. 
is the second chakra is purposeful for a specific function. And so every chakra has its, every part of our body has a specific function to do. And the total unit has specific separate functions. The same with the chakra systems. They're separate, they're separate energy sources within a total unit. Well, that's the interesting part. Like, as I was saying earlier, if someone is having issues in a chakra, not a chakra, but in the chakra area correlated to a specific chakra, they may not develop issues in that area of their body or themes of their life. They could develop issues in a completely different part of their body or themes of their life that correlate to a different chakra. True. And with that thought in mind, there are people who connect a couple. Uh, two people will connect sometimes with only one specific chakra, chakra. union. Right. Like they're uh, uh, maybe connect on a vocal chakra level where they're writing a book together or something like that. Vocal. Um, you know, um, but you know, you don't get lung. I mean, you can get lung cancer if you abuse the third chakra. We know that lung cancer isn't in the third chakra; it's in the fourth. Or you could get, you know, all kinds of problems. Yeah, but when you think if about you're it, abusing, I mean, you know, some like smoking. couples relate on a purely intellectual level. Some couples relate on a purely they're totally sexual, sexual, oh, spiritual. Um, you can say some are a lot of uh, purely, you know, sports minded. That's us. <laughs> That's us. Oh boy, that is Neil and Kristen. Mechanically inclined. And Neil but and Kristen again. <laughs> does, does a couple have to connect with every chakra correspondingly? No. They each have their own separate chakras. Some, some people are inseparable, and so their chakras are compatible from one to seven. They're compu- com- completely beautifully compatible. Others may have two or three compatible chakras, and the others are not significantly available, at least in terms of a union. But but they're available in their own certain right. But it doesn't mean that the union can occur between two people that don't have a full seven chakras. I mean, obviously, there are more chakras than seven in the body, but we're talking about the seven main chakras in the body. Two individuals can have a union with three chakras that correlate and the rest don't. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, when I was growing up, okay, my mom was the cook. My dad couldn't, my, no way was my dad in the kitchen. No way. <laughs> well, no we way, knew no it took way. after your dad. And my mom was the cook and thoroughly a cook. The cook. But on Not Sundays. Not a chef, a cook. <laughs> no, but on, well, but on Sundays, my dad made pancakes. Breakfast. breakfast. Uh, and I would think as a kid, I'd go, what? What? Why? I mean, is this the manly thing to do? I mean, is this, do you have to have a, you know, a tattoo on your arm and a gun in your holster and you can make pancakes? Women don't do that. So it always confused me. Why? Well, my dad, who couldn't boil water, would suddenly make the best pancakes on Sunday. I mean, from scratch. He made the pancakes. What the heck? He's cracking. I couldn't never <laughs> understand. And I couldn't understand why Sundays were suddenly so manly. But yet, so the- 
my dad didn't throw a ball to me ever in his life, but he made pancakes. So, you know, I never quite understood that. And, you know, my, my, my mother and father didn't share recipes. There was nothing about cook. My dad would sometimes make fun of, you love my mom's cooking and didn't like it. But they didn't, they, cooking wasn't a topic. But yet on Sundays, he was Mr. International Pancake Man. So, so it's interesting when you look at shoppers. We have a caller. It's Jennifer. Oh, so you can does finish she want to you, say something? Yeah, she wants to say something, but you can finish your thought. She'll wait. Well, no. I'll, let's see what she has to say. Well, were, were you gonna, I mean, did you have a point? about? The, I mean, well, that what, is the point. I mean, what the is point the point? being that, you, that shoppers are not often shared between a couple, but sometimes... There is a little bit of a, an element that's there's shared. something that's strange about it, and it's just a, a worthy topic of conversation. It's a curiosity piece. Why, how we relate to one another, and how many? When you look at your couple or your significant other, how many chakras do you relate to? How many do you share together, and how many are separate? How many are separate? And why didn't you learn that pancake recipe? Huh? Why didn't you learn the pancake I, recipe? I did, but, my, but, but Aunt Jemima was my teacher. Well, sadly. And they were good pancakes. I'm sad you didn't learn. <laughs> you can make a good pot of rice and vegetables. So. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Jennifer, you are on there. Hi. Hi. No, I don't <laughs> think that I am. What, you are? It's, it's, do you hear me? Yeah, can't you hear us? Oh yeah, it, it, usually it says unmuted, but there was no I, unmuted I guess, lady. Yeah, you are on there. If you're talking to us, you <laughs> okay, are. I'll, on I'll there. take it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear like, unmuted. This isn't necessary. <laughs> it's not necessarily to do with uh, chakras, but I'm finding, and I've found this maybe for about the last six years, and I've started to read a book about it because maybe it'll provide some answers, but I'm finding that my, I'm not, I don't have any emotion. Well, it's not that I don't have emotions. I just don't feel emotions. So I'm I'm trying to figure out if, is it important for us to feel emotions is um, like I can be directed toward where I should be feeling something like they'll say you should be feeling this in your, your, your hold or um, what's that chakra, the orange one in your stomach. Like I'm directed to the physical place where the feeling should be held, but I actually don't feel the emotion. Yellow in the stomach, yellow in the stomach. Um, uh, um, I well, I recall you saying something to me. I'm not going to like uh, in an email, and you said something about a friend relocating. And you said I don't feel, you, you know, it's really weird. Really good friends, and I don't feel any. I, I'm not sad. She's. <laughs> I remember you saying that to me, and I said, well, I don't think there's yeah. anything with that because I, you know, <laughs> God. Um, sorry, we have an entertainment going on in the side. <laughs> the cat <act. laughs> um, bit distracting. So, what I was going to say is, in that case, I didn't say I didn't think. Well, there's something particularly wrong with you not feeling. Maybe 
it's the time it's a time to separate and it's not that you're you know going to lose touch with her necessarily and maybe that's why you're not feeling emotion but now you're bringing it to a broader topic well, which you know maybe is concerning the fact that you don't have a fear, don't have a feeling or you don't feel anything is in itself a feeling well being be, you see, because you're aware that there's no feeling there, but the awareness is what is the verb. The awareness is the action, that you're aware you have no feeling. Now, that might be because you have certain psychological issues with that chakra. Or there may be a block because you're protecting yourself, karma-wise. So we can't necessarily say that you know, if you pinch the skin on your elbow, you don't necessarily feel it. But if you pinch the skin on in your eyelid, you will. Does that mean that the skin on your elbow is worthless, that there's no skin there? No. So sometimes we don't feel things because it's protective. There's a protective element in there. And so we can't necessarily say we don't, we don't have a feeling about that. Because we have to define why we don't. So, you know, they say sociopaths don't have feelings, but they really do. They say they lack empathy. They don't understand how others could feel hurt. And that when they do shed tears, it's only about their own predicament. But we have to get into the emotional content of why that is. Even if the brain is shut down, there's still that element that there's maybe something dormant going on that is purposeful. Well, there obviously has been a change in your emotional response. Otherwise, you wouldn't be calling the show and asking about it. You said for the last six years. So what you would normally respond to in with sadness or, I mean, you're saying you have no emotion, which you'd laugh. So, I mean, I don't, are you, is it specific to a certain type of, or a certain quality of emotion that you're not feeling, like you don't feel sad, or are you saying you don't feel uh, sad, you don't feel anything. I mean, there, there's only one thing that will elicit sadness in me, and I don't know if it's sadness or it's like a joy or love. I don't know what it is, but when I see or hear of a good Samaritan doing something, it'll bring me to tears. Like someone going out of their comfort zone to help another person, animal, or situation. Okay. But that's about it. And well, it's that's rare, rare that I actually hear of anything like that, so <laughs> it's probably been that's about, it. that's about it for sadness. But are you saying, like, are you not feeling joy? Are you not feeling... There's so many different. Oh yeah, no, 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 not really. Like, no, no but there's no, yeah. No, that, oh, I can't. I mean, I'm just you're cracking up. I can't hear you very well. You're cracking up. <laughs> it's me. I don't know. I can no longer hear you. Uh-oh. Nope, I don't think it's me. Can you... 
Okay, we're back. We are back. Jennifer, you can call back in. Um, so I was unclear. She, she sounds like she's saying she's somewhat flat in her emotional state well, in all aspects. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have a comment to make, but I'd rather make it when she, if she comes back. Can um, hear now. Call back. Hi. Is she there? Yeah. Call back. Jennifer. Uh, she can hear. She can hear us? Yeah. She can say well, whatever you want to say. The idea that she feels emotions when somebody helps somebody else. Right. She's identifying with the helpless. She, her emotions go to that who is helpless. So she seems to have great empathy or feeling towards uh, towards helpless energies, helpless creatures, helpless people. Some The person moving to help that person may be the instigator, but, but the origin of her feelings goes out to those who are helpless. Right. In Sometimes. that respect. On occasion, though. She says on occasion. She says very rarely. Right, Jennifer? No, very rarely as in it's very rare that I actually see an instance in the news of someone right. actually helping someone. But, oh, it's but rare that, that you see an instance of... Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you were saying that you very rarely found a situation where there was, you know, helpless person being or animal, whatever, because there's so many. If you, uh, Jennifer, saw a a ladybug swimming in a swimming pool and struggling, would you be prone to rescue it, even if it took some effort to do so, or would you just kind of walk by I'd probably rescue it, yeah. You'd probably rescue it? You're not talking into the receiver. You would probably rescue it. You're a little bit reluctant when you said it. Um, I don't know for sure. Would you you rescue a, um, I don't know, a cricket that was swimming in the pool? Ladybug is not a fair question. Because people are... She was reluctant about a ladybug. She was reluctant about a ladybug. So that's why I'm asking about a less... Like a cricket or a beetle. I mean, a ladybug is a type of beetle, but um, would would you rescue a cricket or a beetle or a fly? Yeah, or a spider. Or a spider, yes. Why can't we hear her? Well, and then obviously you would rescue a dog or a child. Yeah. Yeah. See, the attitude, the true... Zen consciousness would be that all living matter has a right to exist and all living matter can feel panic, fear, the struggle to uh, be alive. So, you know, it, it's, it's the attitude of the, the, the totality of the respect for all of existence whether it's a higher form of intelligence or something as lowly as a cricket. It's still the attitude that the, that the thing has a brain and that it has a, a certain will to survive. And it's interesting because every creature has their own unique energy, personality, behavior patterns. 
and the creation that it took to, to form that, that living thing is still a miracle of life. So, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of uniquely speaking, if you respect all things, it doesn't matter if it's a, a, a grasshopper or a child. It's, it's, of course, there's, there's a difference. But when you look at the, re, the attitude of existence, it's all under one ceiling. Right. But, I mean, I, I see where you're going with that. And she obviously does have empathy and so great. And she does, there is, you know, a, a note of feeling that she has, I guess. But the fact that her emotions are deadened in certain or deadened in relation to things that normally would have made her happy, sad, or produce some kind of emotional response in the past, what has made that change? I mean, that's really something well, to examine. Because it could be environmental. It could be the upbringing. It could be protection. I mean, there's so many different reasons why well, of course. a person lacks a, a certain feeling. Unless there's something Medical wrong with the brain, brain. Right. there's some psychological reason for it. And um, so it's hard to really, it's hard to really define. And some people are, are living contradictions. They'll care about one thing and not care about another. Right. You know, they, they care about, they care about certain kinds of human beings and, and certain ethnic groups they could care less about. Why is that? I mean, what is it that produces in us this division that causes a disruption in the unity of feeling? And I think a lot of it's environmentally impacted. I don't think we're necessarily born to to hate or to not have feeling. Well, I mean, in 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 regard to in regard to people, obviously we here we're here helping people, but I find myself more um, more sympathetic or empathetic toward animals, the elderly, vulnerable because they're vulnerable. certain certain stories um, about people's lives will make me feel emotion. Emotional, but a lot of people disgust me, <laughs> to be honest, because of their actions and the fact that they are so unconscious. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's, you know, somewhat deadened my emotions to certain types of individuals. Sure. I mean, and my, you know, level of compassion. You know, take the example of, of, a, of a boy or a girl, whatever, but let's say a boy in this case. He grows up with his father, and his father is a very loving, compassionate man, and teaches his son and bonds with his son during during the hunt, hunting. And so, hunting becomes a passion. It becomes a, a unit, a unit of energy, as opposed to maybe the father who teaches his son how to respect all life, and respect the butterflies, and they have feelings too, and we've got to love all creatures and let them be on. The, let them have their own space. And then that individual bonds with their father on that level, in most cases. It, sometimes it's, in other words, sometimes feelings are connotated with learning, teaching. You have to 
teach your children well, like the song says. Um, uh, but again, it, and some of it's maybe due to abuse or neglect. So we learn to neglect others because we've been neglected and we've survived. Well, see, and my, my, my inclination is to say to Jennifer, I mean, what I'm feeling is you've got a, kind of an issue with a mother that's somewhat narcissistic, right? Yeah. So that could be possibly a part of this non-feeling syndrome. You know, whatever experience you had with her may have affected your not ability to feel because this is something that's come up that's new, but there may be something protective in you in that relationship with her that's caused a dampening of your emotions. I don't know. I, I remember as a kid being overly emotional, overwhelmed, um, very in touch with the spirit world and that sort of thing, but very sensitive to a lot of things as well. Um, but I didn't like the way it made me feel because it made me feel like a lot different than other people who seem to be able to go about their day without, you know, feeling this or feeling that. And then I just went, okay, I need to change this. So I I stopped, um, and now I read this book, and it says, yeah, you should have feelings. Okay, great. How do I get them back? Well... You, I think you she. Tr- I think she still has feelings. I think she still has feelings. You, I don't think well, she's completely devoid of feelings. To, to one form would be to go more heavily into meditation, and and become more aware of your surroundings and the universe and the sounds and the smells, and the sense of breath and consciousness. Now that might not be everyone's cup of tea to, to discover how to to impose feeling into something. Others would be to, to really do an investigation of suffering, how people have suffered and how they, you know, to unwrap and engulf yourself in, in uh, the history of atrocities and abuse. I mean, so, and if that's not going to, if neither of those two are going to work, I don't know. You, you're going to have to be creative if it's something that you're concerned about. Can you survive without feeling? Yeah, you can survive without feeling. You can close yourself off and not, not can be concerned about it. Nothing's going to happen. So, but the fact that you're questioning the idea of it is the beginning of a door being unlocked. Maybe not open, but unlocked. When you were a child and overly emotional, how what was your mother's response to that? Oh, she said I was like your drama, you're this, you're that. You know, it was it was annoying to you. She shamed you for being that person. I think correct. And, and my dad, my dad was the same too. So. Your dad, what? He was he was even actually even worse. He so was. he you know in and he would explain to me in our family we don't talk about these things. <laughs> I'm like, 
Okay. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I think it's conditioning that you had when you were a child. Well, that's, not yeah. exactly. Would your parents have listened to our show? No. Uh, my mom would have, but she knows everything. So she would have just said, yeah, I know that. I know that. So um, my dad wouldn't have, but my mom would have. Well, you you know, you deviate. You're not your parents. You've deviated from them. So it's not entirely, you're not following the suit no. of, of what you've been taught. You've become victimized. Right. And She's you damaged. have reformed your personality in your own individual way. But you're not a cutout of your parents. No. She's not a cutout. No one ever said she was a cutout of her parents. But no, she but could we're be talking damaged. About, but, but to go there has to have some development of feeling. You had to feel your way to be who you are, Jennifer. And that maybe road of, of feeling may be more narrow than what would otherwise be more transparent and obvious, but it's still a, it's a narrow passage. But she but she she's saying that she's felt this lack of feeling only for the past six years. So you know, I mean it's not something that's, I mean, when you had your children, were you full of joy and raising them happy? Yes. Um, mostly grateful um, that I had them. Like, it was more of a gratitude. Um, but it, and when they were born, I felt a connection, but I didn't feel like you know, the outpouring of love, like a, like the normal sort of thing. Okay. Well, you're demented. We've determined it. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's, it, you ha- you develop your own unique energy. It's like saying, why isn't Michelangelo Van Gogh? It, you're, you develop your own unique energy, and you've done that through the, the centeredness of experience, exposure, reaction, response, stimuli. All of these things have helped to formulate who you are. And so it, there's no way to really judge that, except if you're cold-blooded and you actually harm or, or deliberately abuse something that's alive. Then we're talking about mm. something more criminal and dark. Yeah. But well, I see we... you have another question from the chat, so I appreciate your time, and uh, I'll let you know if uh, I make any headway with the book. Okay. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> and if, you, if you're in the mood, I can give you a list of names. <laughs> Okay. All right. Little Fairy's in the chat. Um, she cannot call us because she lives on an island. We've spoken to her before. 8883. Um, Sendaya is her name. So she is asking about a man at work. There's a mutual attraction. Okay. So Sendaya, is this the same person you've asked us about before? We have to wait for her response in the chat. I don't know if she's going to. 
S A N D H Y A S-A-N-P-H-Y-A. So this is a new person, not the same man. Do you have his birthday? She's how old? 17 plus, she's 40. 40 years old. 40 years old. Doesn't have his birth date. So we have to go on. On our cold turkey. Cold, cold turkey. Cold turkey. <laughs> yeah. It's called cold turkey. I know. Huh? Um, but didn't she? Wild wasn't turkey. she attracted to somebody that she worked across from? She worked with. He was married. Yeah. Right. Is this? So, but we're assuming this person is single. So, you're obviously, what are, how do we go by it? What, what do we call it? Sendaya? Sendaya. Sendaya, you obviously go against, you know, you, you're, you're challenged by the people, you, the, the, the potential mates you have become sort of a challenging situation for you. But I think that my vibe is the person that you're currently addressing or asking about, there's a higher chance of there being a union than there was with the other individual. So the energy field seems to be higher than it was before, which could result in the fact that you're perhaps getting close to being in a relationship. I think you've gone through a lot of probably hurt and rejection, disappointment, but that might just change this time around. I'm not saying it will, but there's a better vibration that I'm perceiving than I was before with the other individual. I get good vibes from that man, from the man in the new, the new man, you get good vibes. I'm reading from the chat. Yeah. It's very challenging. Um, so, correct. What? Um, yeah. It, it, she says she's been hurt a lot, rejection, etc. And she says it makes sense. Well, it's built into your code. You've got an 8-3 in your first and last numbers as well as your year. I mean, that's, you know, the 11 factor plus your compounded. 11 in our estimation is a negative number, and it also has to do with relationships. So, trouble in relationships. Probably your family environment was troubled. Your and there is also um your karma involves uh seven in your higher number. So there's you've come into the you know, you live in a part of the world where your um your She's not in the state. She's in like the middle of the ocean in in Africa, I think. Oh. So, are you like are you? What's your religion of origin, Will Ferry? I would I would Mauritius. She's in Mauritius. I would imagine that she had, or and that she still does have. Um, 
she's Hindu, that her culture and her religion has been um, hard for her to break out of because of tradition. And what's been, you know, she's been, you know, the arranged marriage situation, she's 40 years old, she's never been married. I don't know why, why quickly, because we don't have a lot of time, are you are you in not an arranged marriage by choice, but your parents wanted you to be in an arranged marriage? She's not answering. You specifically, anyway. She never met anyone she liked. Did your parents want you to be in an arranged marriage? Waiting for a response. Um, but in any case, my parents want, yeah, that's what it is. So her parents wanted her to be in an arranged marriage. Well, she's asking about this guy. I know so. she's asking about the guy, but I'm talking about her code. And as far as the guy is concerned, you get a better vibe, but it's still challenging. I mean, they work in different departments, she says, at the job. They're not in the same department. Well, there's a positive, there's a positive connection between you and this individual. So we'll put out energy that maybe we can manifest something and, and take it to the next level. Call us back. And let us know how it progresses. We'll put out energy because there seems to be some attitude of of some positive position that can be achieved. Yeah, she says there's good energy. Are you actually con- conversing with him at the job? Or is it just like you're looking at each other and there's a few passing words? And the reason I mentioned the difficulty in her family and religion, the religion situation, because it, it her code suggests that she probably have a karmic, her karmic situation with her family would have some imposition of religious rules and her parents were upset she didn't do an arranged marriage. They're not conversing. They're just looking at each other. Talk to once only. I mean, that's, that's difficult because we're basing this on looking at each other. I mean, to develop a relationship, there has to be communication. And... Yeah. I felt the attraction with him until this week. Until this week. What does she mean? I felt the attraction with him until this week. She probably meant this week, she felt. This is the first... Oh, I don't know. It's very hard to do readings from the chat. There has to be communication. So what you have to do is, I know that it's not typical in your culture for the female to initiate communication, but maybe there is opportunity for you to do that. I would suggest trying to talk to him. I don't know if you can have lunch with him at work, um, if that would be inappropriate or not. Oh, she says she just felt the attraction recently, hadn't noticed the man much before. So yeah, you're right. So I mean, that's what I would suggest. Better vibe, yes, than the other guy that she asked about before. So try to talk to him again. She says we talked only once. Yeah. She has to be a professional at work. 
well, I don't know if there's an opportunity for, I don't know, you work with this guy and you're attracted to him. And if you're working together and that's your only opportunity, then, and you have to be professional, then it doesn't look like the outlook. It's well, not we can put out energy. I mean, we'll put out energy that something happens so that you don't have to be awkward about it, nor does he. We'll put out energy for that and you call us back or connect text. with us. Yeah. And let us know how, uh, what progress has been She made. says she's going to wait and see if he makes any move or says hello. Okay, that's fine. We'll try to produce that for you. Anyway, we have to end the show now, but we appreciate our uh, listeners and callers. Thank you. And we're back on the air on Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Bye-bye.